You're listening to the Carry on Friends podcast, episode 23. Welcome to the Carry on Friends podcast, where you'll be inspired and empowered to do amazing things in your personal lives, career, business, and community with your host, Carrie Ann Reed Brown. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. My name is Carrie Ann, and this is episode 23. As always, I'm so excited that you are listening. Today's guest on the podcast is Camilla Campbell of The Pink Locket. And Camilla is the creator of The Pink Locket, which is a handmade jewelry brand. And both Camilla and The Pink Locket are part of Amazon's inaugural launch of its handmade platform. And she also has a jewelry subscription box, which is so exciting. In this episode, Camilla gives advice on managing business expenses, productivity tips, creating buyer personas, and how to deal with the slow periods of a business. So I'm excited for you to hear the interview. But before we get into the interview, remember to share and show us some love on Twitter and Facebook. Tell a friend. Let me know what you think about the show. And I'm not sure which platform you're listening to us on right now, but I'll say all the platforms we're on right now. We're in iTunes, we're Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. So we are on a lot of platforms where you can listen to us and you could share with your friends. We're on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Carry On Friends. On Facebook, Carry On Friends Official. If you go to carryonfriends.com, you'll see all our social media handles. And if you just go over there, click and join us. I don't want to say follow, but join us. So remember to visit, join us on social media, subscribe to the podcast, and please rate and review the podcast in iTunes. Your reviews and your ratings are very helpful. So thank you to all those who've already done so. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Here's my interview with Camilla. Hi, Camila. Welcome to the Carry On Friends podcast. We're so excited to have you here. How hey. are you today? Doing good. Doing good. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be able to be doing this. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So <laughs> let's tell our community of friends who you are, Camila Campbell, and about Pink Locket and everything, not everything, but whatever you want to tell us about. A little synopsis. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm Camilla Campbell. Um, I was born in Jamaica, raised here in the States. Um, I'm currently, I have, I'm wearing sort of two hats. Um, by day, I'm actually a communication communications business analyst for a technology company. But my entrepreneurship venture is the Pink Locket. Uh-huh. And it's a handmade um, jewelry design company. And all the creations I do are all done by me. Um, I distribute mostly online. Um, I have a few stores here in the Atlanta area that actually carry a couple of my products, but mostly everything is done via online. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. It's um, it was. It, I'm I'm just I'm just happy to be able to be doing something creative and giving back, and you know, and of course, you know, starting your own business. It's, 
it's exciting and it has its challenges, but the mm-hmm. challenge is what, is what makes it exciting. In a previous podcast that I did with Michaela, who you know very well, mm-hmm. we were discussing having interest and passions outside of work. So right. tell me, why is it important for you to have this creative outlet through Pink Locket? I think what actually, actually what was the push is just, you know, um, I've been in corporate America pr- practically my whole entire life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, since I was, you know, working at the age of 15. And sometimes you just want and just crave like something that you're not getting at work, you know, and it's, it's sort of like a way to create your own opportunity in a sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm very thankful, you know, for the opportunity to be able to have my, you know, day job. Mm-hmm. However, there's always, you know, there's always red tape, you know, certain policies, you know, you can't probably, you know, run a campaign. I used to work in marketing mm-hmm. um, for the company that I'm at now before I moved over to the technology area. And you were just always so limited in what you could and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, you know what? And I was like, I, I like designing jewelry. I've been doing it since I was a teenager. Why not use that as sort of a creative outlet, you know? Mm-hmm. And it started something that started as a hobby and then turned into a business. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think it's important for everyone to ha- to tap into that creativity. That's what keeps you going, you yes. know? That's, that's what keeps you happy, you know? And not only that, you know, like, if you're happy, people around you are going to be happy. Exactly, exactly. And that's kind of what um, Michaela and I spoke to. You know, it has nothing to do with not liking a job. But no, I really not. feel like when you balance out the the work with extracurricular activities that Mm -hmm. you enjoy it begins to round you out where you know certain things at work don't tend to stress you out as much because Mm -hmm. you know that you have another project that you need to kind of say well I I have something else to kind of devote some of my attention and passion to because like you said with work there there are some restrictions sometimes there are guidelines Mm -hmm. that you have to kind of go with what's company policy and yeah you know having a passion a creative outlet or a hobby is a great way to kind of push your energy so I completely agree with that yeah so you've been designing jewelry since you're 15 how did you get into that and was it easy for you later in life to spot that as your creative outlet, you know? And I asked because it's just, you said, oh, I'm, I'm just going to do jewelry. Did you, mm-hmm. did you get through a few other things before you said jewelry? Is it? <laughs> you know, did I? Um, I, I got, first got my start. Actually, my aunt, who actually, actually, she's actually a jewelry, she designs jewelry on the side too. Um, she actually used to bring my sister and my cousin and I down to New York City's fashion district on the weekends and you know she had her wholesale license so we would go in and out of the different you know stores and stuff Mm -hmm. buying up beads all types of stuff and we would sit down at her kitchen table just creating like necklaces you know just creating simple stuff out of beads Mm -hmm. and um you know and I always I always thought that that was fun but Mm -hmm. I never thought that you know if you were to ask me at that age you know would you just be a jewelry designer no you know I I went actually I went to college um UConn I was a pre-med major my first year then that changed to, you know, I gra- ended up graduating with a degree in international business and I uh, actually wanted to go to law school. 
you know, I went and worked for a law firm, went and worked for, you know, a multimedia conglomerate in their legal department. And I'm like, I don't think law is what I want to do. So I ended up going to school for my MBA. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, after I graduated, I ended up um, landing a position at the company I'm at now in the marketing area, which is an area that I was very much interested in. I'm like, you know, I, I still... The reason why I sort of ditched, you know, the idea of law school and even, you know, being pre a pre-med major is just, just because I couldn't find that creative, I, there was like a creative itch in me mm-hmm. and uh, marketing was sort of a way to, you know, still have a decent, you know, paycheck, but still be able to have that creative tap. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I loved it. And then um, my, you know, my company downsized their department and then that pushed me over into more of the tech area. So, you know, I've just kind of been a sort of like going through the changes and just accepting changes as they come along because you never know where that can lead you, you know, mm-hmm. and in the mix of all of all of that going on, you know, in my corporate career, I was just like, you know what? No, I need something else. There's something else. Mm-hmm. So then I started, you know, so let me start designing jewelry again. I mean, I. I hadn't designed, you know, at that time in years when I picked up back, you know, my pliers and all my tools, I was in, I was like 27 in my mid twenties. And it was just such a stress reliever, you know, cause corporate American can get very stressful, mm-hmm. you know? So it started off with something, you know, away from an, a stress outlet for me. Then all of a sudden people are like, Oh, this is nice. You should try selling it. Okay. Well, you know, let's see <laughs> how that works, you know? And it has actually worked out well. <laughs> that hard work, you know, it pays yeah. off. And it's it's very interesting that you had someone around you to to say, Well, maybe you should sell it because a lot of times we do things and we're just like, Oh, you know, I just do it for the fun of it. But yeah. it's important to have other people around you to see you know, the fruits of your creative outlet and for someone else to say that, oh, you can monetize that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that I think that's also key. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're definitely you're right. You know, you're definitely correct. You know, sometimes and no, sometimes you need and those are the type of people you need in your life. It's kind of like the ones that are kind of like, you know, ding, ding, ding. Hello, you're sitting on a gold mine here. What are you doing? (laughs) You know? You yes, can't, you can because you were doing it only to relieve stress. You weren't looking at it. Oh, I'm going to make money from this. No. You're looking at it like I just need something to do, you know, and you found comfort in that. And then it just had to take someone outside, you know, of yourself to say, uh, psh, this is money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for sure. And, um, you know, because we get so caught up in just like the monotony of days or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, Monday rolls into Tuesday. And before you know it, it's Saturday and right. back to Monday. And, you know, if sometimes if we don't have someone that's kind of there like, hey, you know, yes. sort of an accountability partner, you know, in a sense where it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, what about this? What's going on with this? Right. You know, how about you try this? So, right. you know, people to keep in your in your life for sure. I I completely agree with that. I, I do that for others and I am fortunate to have that mm-hmm. for myself. I'm a little busybody when it comes to <laughs> ideas. And so I have those people who like rein it in. Like, mm-hmm. and then there are other people like, wow, you know, I don't yeah. go for it. Yeah. So I, I, I completely get that. All right. So you didn't go to school to do this. You just kind of learned the tricks mm-hmm. of the trade. Did yeah. you go and do additional classes just to kind of get more skills or this is your skills were more of developed as you started? 
started creating? Yeah, that's a good question. No, I did not. You know, I, by all means, I would not, not even. Um, I, as a matter of fact, if, if you look back at some of my older jewelry pieces, when I, when I first started selling, I was working with like complete like beads, you know, wire. <clears throat> now I've transitioned, you know, I'm soldering, hammering metal, playing with fire. So I've transitioned completely. And it's all been self-taught, mm-hmm. you know, thank God for the internet. I was just thinking the other day, I'm like, you know, Google has been a lifesaver in my business because you don't know how much money it saved me, you know, and, um, and just being able to like informations are literally at your fingertips, you know? Right. I mean, I didn't know how to do a website. I didn't know how to do a blog. I didn't know how to do half the thing, you know, that you need to be able to do when you're running a business. And unfortunately, right. you can't afford to pay for all of these services. You have to do it yourself, you know, until so you can pay someone to do it. You know, and, and the reason why I bring it up, <laughs> I went, I did about three years of college. And I said about because I took a few semesters, uh, like one semester off. Right. And um, I didn't finish college. And um when I moved back to New York, because I was I was going to school out of state, when I moved back to New York, I was very fortunate to have a job that went and sent me to one of these. It was very early at the time. They had a company and their role was to teach people to use Excel and Word. And I still wow. have my certificates. And I That's tell you, great. if I didn't do that class and I didn't know how they didn't train us like how to do Google search. Well, it wasn't Google at the time. It was um, Yahoo searches, Mm -hmm. it was, it it really would have been a disaster for me. And since then it's about technology, but Google and the internet as it is revolutionized the way that we learn Mm -hmm. because before that you had to go back to school to learn everything. Now you have Google. Google, I mean, there's literally like no who owns Google, who (laughs) owns YouTube. Right. Right. You know, know, there's 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 literally like no excuse and that's what i tell people too you know other entrepreneurs are looking to up like you have to really step your game up you know Mm -hmm. especially out there i mean for me the jewelry market it's very saturated so you have to you know you have to really make your mark and just you know and really do your homework you know it it took a lot of late nights you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, so speaking about saturated how are you differentiate yourself differentiating yourself in a saturated market well what the one thing that i have learned over the past couple of years is just like i can't accommodate everyone you right. know can't jewelry especially jewelry jewelry is one of those it's a saturated market but it's also very very um different in a sense because mm-hmm. you know there's very much, much different types of jewelry i think once i just i picked uh, a niche, you know, I kind of like stuck with it, you know, all right, so this is, this is who I'm going to design for. Like, I literally have customer profiles. Like, I mean, detailed, like you right. said, these are real people, but they're really not. They're just people that I made. I mean, there are real people, but I'm looking for specific things in, you know, in my customers. So, and once I did that, I was like, you know what, this is what I should have been doing the whole entire time, time, you know, and it, and it's scary because it's kind of like, you want to appeal to everyone, but you're not going to. And I think that's, I think that's number one, especially for jewelry design is that we think in the beginning oh it's jewelry all women love jewelry well no not no. really you know not all there's certain types of jewelry that you know women don't really wear right you know there's certain types of women who want to wear jewelry who can't because they have a certain allergy Jeez. to a certain mm-hmm. metal mm-hmm. which is actually i'm actually coming i'm actually designing a collection coming out actually in november 
for women who have um, allergies to a lot of metals, you know, right. they, you know, they want to wear stuff, but they can't, you know. So I think it's, it's, it's really about really defining who your target market is, especially in this, in, in that industry and in any industry overall. And then, you know, and working, you know, working continuously and learning right. your customer, you can learn so much from your customers, you know, and the information is there. I, I think what you're saying is something that echoes a lot. You need a persona which you mm -hmm. detailed created and and that's also you leveraging the information you know from your marketing background right. um, but also understanding that your buyer is going to change so not because mm -hmm. you created it last year you know this is the buyer I'm looking for your buyers growing they're maturing yeah. they're a year yep. older mm -hmm. so it's it's updating that and yeah. I do like the idea of um, because I love your pieces. Um, I you. I like I like very simple jewelry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in terms of the allergies, I remember 2006. I went to Jamaica and I had this jewelry and the heat, sweating, mm -hmm. salt water, it just reaction. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like I had a rash all the way down my neck. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's important because you're lo you you have to fill a need, and the need yeah. that you're looking to fill is women who have an allergic reaction, and that's so important. It so is. outside of that, you have to look at dig deeper and find other needs. Um, right that your your audience or your buyer is um looking, looking for. for yeah yeah you're right about that and how i do and how i came up about that is like i would be at shows and women would come up to me and it's like does any of your stuff contain nickel in it and i'm like uh you know what uh I don't think so, but if I were you, I wouldn't purchase it because I don't want to be responsible for, you know, a woman breaking out because she wore my earrings. Right. And it was just like repeat after repeat. I'm like, what am I? I'm like, this is this is gold information. Maybe I should be doing something with this. So, you know, that's actually what brought about, you know, this new collection that I'm actually designing. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I know recently you opened um tell us about the store that has recently been opened through Amazon. Tell us about that initiative. Oh, okay. Amazon, Amazon created a, um, a handmade market almost to rival, you know, the bigger, the bigger one now, Etsy. And basically what they did was they were, they were actually very, very, um, grilling in their application process. And at first I wasn't going to apply because I'm just like, you know, it's Amazon. They're the giant, you know, they're the, you know, I've heard so many horror stories about sellers who sold for them. But um, what they've done with the handmade market from, you know, from what I can see is that they've really scaled it to where they really want truly just handmade products. And they only, I just realized they only accepted about maybe 5,000 sellers overall mm -hmm. to sell on this, to, to, to try out this platform. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a, I guess it's a sub, a sub, a sub platform of their, of the bigger Amazon.com, mm -hmm. but it operates the same way. You know, if you have an Amazon prime account or whatever, you can use that to order, um, if you want, you know, two day shipping or whatever. And what's neat about it actually is that, um, your storefront, you get to actually tell your story and you mm. get to actually tell your story through pictures, you know, it shows your items. So it's, um, it's actually really, it's actually really interesting. It actually just launched, um, maybe I think this is week two they're on. So, um, you know, we're still in the testing phases, kind of figuring out, you know, the analytics behind it and stuff. But so far, it's been it's been pretty good. I've, I'm not complaining right now. So. That's great. The yeah. more platforms or avenues that you have, because right. for a lot of designers or people who make their own clothes and not through a factory, mm -hmm. it is the biggest challenge is how do you get your product to market? 
and to in front of a larger audience for lack mm-hmm. of a better word. So I yeah. think this is a, a great opportunity it is. that it you're is. taking advantage of. So I'm excited for you. Very excited. Thank you. Thanks. I can't wait to talk more jewelry because <laughs> I like my jewelry and I've been slipping lately. <laughs> so let's talk about um, one thing you wish you knew before you started the pink locket. Mm. Oh, well, a lot of things I wish I knew. <laughs> Um, I, I would, I would actually say the importance of, um, of tracking your expenses oh. and your, um, and your income. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we, as jewelry, as, as creative people, and I guess people just overall, it's just like, you see so many different things. Oh, I can purchase that and create that. I can purchase that and create that. But, you know, you can really rack up a big, you know, a lot of expenses if you don't watch it, you know? <laughs> The other day I said to Michaela, I said, money, I leak out like water. (laughs) (laughs) Because before you know, you turn around, you're spending money. You said it, you know, there's a lot of things you have to do for yourself, but... At some point, you kind of have to add, you have to outsource things and those things cost money. It so does. update the website, you mm-hmm. know, I can do it, but not because I can do it means that I should do it because I have like a million other things to do. To do. So right. you have a new theme, you have security, you have all these other things. And I just said, Michaela, money, I leak out like water, mm-hmm. money, I'll stop leak. You know? It's true. It's true. But yeah, tracking the expenses has been a challenge of mine. And it's so timely that you are talking about this because I have a project that I'm working on and I'll talk about it later in terms of tracking expenses because it's been so ridiculous in terms of yeah. tracking expenses. I'm glad um, that you pointed that out. And, you know, entrepreneurs are people thinking of going into business, mm-hmm. you know, creating a system before you start the business to track oh, your sure. expenses is going to help you a lot. Because you see, the, the reason why Camila is probably freaking out and I'm freaking out, it is October, year ends <laughs> coming, and we need what? to get them ready for taxes. <laughs> so you're yes. like scratching head like, oh, Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm and just keeping your my, personal yes. in- income and expenses separate from your business. Like, yes. you know, especially as a, a solo entrepreneur, it's so easy to combine everything in one. Yes. Keep them separate. separate. You know, it is a tax nightmare yes. to kind of, you know, going through that and separating that. Just keep it. Keep, that's one one thing you have to, you know, just take time. I take the first Monday of every month. I call Money Monday mm-hmm. because I'm sitting down and I'm calculating how much I spent last month on expenses, where I need to cut. You know, it makes it so much easier for me. Mm-hmm. So we have something coming on something with money because trust me, we it's it's very easy for an entrepreneur because um, you think of opening a business account, you're going to have to pay the fees because unless you're rolling in the dough, there's a minimum to keep in that business checking account. Yeah, yeah. And sure. so, you know, it's easy to co-mingle because I've been guilty of it. Um, we all are. We so all. W- what I've been doing is I've been, I, I the whole part of going through my bank statements is just ridiculous. <laughs> so what I do is I use PayPal as that gateway. So that's good. Use everything through PayPal. So if I need to have an item of what was spent for the business, I just go to PayPal, PayPal. and look at the transaction history and like, all right, these are all the receipts right here. Right. And that's a good system too. I actually worked off of that system for a very long time. Yeah. It's just because and you the reports you can pull from PayPal are just great anyway. Right. So um yeah, no. I mean just ha- just have a system in place, you know. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're, I'm, I'm trying to move to something elaborate because trust me, yeah, it, it, it's it's. But I'm so glad that you know I'm not the only one having issues trying to track the expenses. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's cool. So how do you stay motivated and inspired when business is slow? And I know that's a a bright and feisty assumption from me. No, that's no. <laughs> Listen, every business has its peaks. I was just talking to um, Michaela about that the other day. Um, you know, and we, we, you have your peaks. So during when I'm not, you know, sales are low, you know, that's time for me to actually do my planning for the next upcoming months. You know, where am I on? Am I, am I on track? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, new designs. That's a perfect time for me to, to start designing, you know, and there's so much to do. Trust me. It's just like, even it's, it's like sometimes you almost pray for those down moments because you have so many things that you probably need to address that Mm -hmm. don't get addressed because you're so focused on sales but like you know from october from now until december it's all about focusing on sales for me right right it's the holiday season right So once January hits, I'll get a quiet moment. Okay, that's time for me to really assess certain things. What do I need to change? What what do I need to do forecasting? You know, what the next few months, you know, the next year. So trust me, I actually, I I think those downtimes are actually a blessing. (laughs) You know, it helps to remote motivate you. And you get to do things that you probably didn't get to do, you know, during the during the busy seasons, you know, spend time with your family, travel, you know, trust me, there's so much to do. (laughs) You're, I'm glad that you have that positive spin on it because a lot of times, you know, people look at the glamorous aspect of it and Mm. being an entrepreneur is grueling. Being a blogger, a content creator, it is grueling, especially if you're, you have a nine to five and you're doing Mm -hmm. this, it's not a side job. It's like you have two full time jobs. jobs. It is really, we, we call it a side hustle. But it's really but it's two full time jobs, jobs. Yeah. and 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 that's not in, including the other full time jobs we have that are just constant, which is mm-hmm. mother, wife, sister, daughter, daughter. all mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. So it, it it gets really crazy. So down times and slow times could also mean you know the opportunity to go back into the lab and think about a new direction assessing your plan or just taking a much needed vacation because you need it you don't take a vacation in your busy season you can't yeah you really can you know it's and it's funny you say that because (laughs) my uh my four-year-old well last mother's day he had made a card in school right Mm -hmm. and of course it's like you know what does what's mommy's favorite this what's mommy's favorite that so one of the questions um that was that he was asked is what is mommy's favorite thing to do Mm -hmm. and he's put mommy's favorite thing to do is work and I thought about it I'm like you know it's just like he's always asking me mama are you working mommy you working mommy you working and it's you know and they're so young and innocent I'm like well wow all right maybe I need to hit pause for a bit because you don't want to be known as you know your mommy's favorite thing to do is work Mm -hmm. but um you know so you know and he he actually really keeps me focused better you know whether we realize it or not you know sometimes your kids you know they're like your little accountability people like okay mom you know can we do this can we do that you know so i think i think that helps also too cool 
You know, I realized that we, we talked about the Amazon, but we didn't talk about your subscription box, your jewelry subscription box. Mm-hmm. So tell us how that works. And are there a lot of jewelry subscription boxes out there? You know, there aren't really a whole lot of jewelry su- subscription boxes, which actually what that's what brought about the idea. You know, when you talk about, you know, like you, like you mentioned, you know, during your, you know, your low sales season, your dry season, you know, subscriptions is a way to actually have consistent revenue coming in. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I started it for one, there weren't a whole lot and there weren't any, there were hardly any handmade ones. Like they were very far and few. So I'm like, you know what, let me try this out and see how this works. Mm-hmm. So before I actually even launched it, like I went through a, a, um, you know, a research phase where I researched even my current customers, people that weren't customers to see if there's actually even, even like really a need for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I launched it in July and, um, it's going, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's growing, but you know, it's not growing as probably as fast as I would like it to be, to be mm-hmm. honest. But, um, it, but the customers who actually subscribe to it, love it. Like, I mean, they love it. So, um, you know, and it's exciting because it's kind of like, sometimes we don't buy things for ourselves. Like I know me, like if I buy anything for myself, it, it it's probably like my birthday or something. I never mm-hmm. buy anything for myself. So it's a, it's a perfect like little way for you to like treat yourself every month. And, you know, you have a little gift coming in the mail to you every single month. You don't know what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. When you actually subscribe to it, there actually is a little short questionnaire to sort of like, you know, gauge what your style is. You know, are you a minimalist person? Are you a bohemian person? You know, just so that, you know, when I'm creating the boxes, I can sort of like, you know, maybe one month is catered to a bohemian person, you know, that loves that. Maybe it's minimalist, you know. So it um, it's actually it's actually really interesting, you know, and um, and the customers that I do that have subscribed to it love it. So I think it's a great idea, a really yeah. great idea. Yeah. We'll see holiday season's picking up so you know that's one of the things it's just like you know it makes a great holiday gift you know if you don't know what to get someone you know and it's actually you know i've made it actually not too expensive and obviously not too inexpensive either but it's it's at a right you know at a right price point because you of course you know you want to you want to treat yourself but you don't want to go overboard i i love it and it is it just one piece or is it you get yeah you get one piece of jewelry every single month mm-hmm. um you know for however for however long you decide to keep the subscription box you can you know you can cancel it at any point in time you can even halt it you know if you don't really need it for the next few months but um a one month subscription is $19 mm-hmm. And then a, um, a, is it th- three month subscription is $55. And then if you want to do six months, it's $109. <clears throat> so obviously as you go along, you know, the monthly amount is less and less if you decide to do a six month versus a month. But, um, but uh, yeah, you receive one piece of jewelry every month and the value of the jewelry is going to range anywhere from 25 to $60. You know, wow. that's that. Yeah. So if you want to go buy it retail, yeah, if you want to go buy it retail on my site, it's going to be obviously more uh, right. versus the subscription. You know, you're getting it as part of because you're in a subscription, um, you're in our subscription service. So cool. That's very cool. I like the way that you're thinking of other ways to get your products out because sometimes <laughs> you cannot depend on another, a third party like an Etsy yeah, or you an can't, Amazon. You can't to really mm-hmm. push your product so you have to create alternative ways to do that so i really yeah. like that that's yeah. cool all right so how so we talked about your son making the card or thinking that mommy's <laughs> favorite thing is work let's talk about what's the biggest challenge when it comes to work and life um 
I would have to say, um, I'm going to say balance. And it's sort of like balance is one of those things where it's just like, it's just really non-existent, you know, I you're already, trying I that. you know, um, I think I, I went to, a, um, a, what is it? The dreams, the dreamer symposium, like, a, um, back in April and Soledad O'Brien was one of the speakers. And she said, you know what, you know what balance is like, you know, when you're at a circus and you have a clown that's spinning like three plates at the same time and one drops and you run over and you, and you start spinning it again. She's like, life is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you pay attention to what needs the attention at that point in time. Right. And then you have to switch, right. you know. So at some point in time, you know, if, like if you're launching something new, you know, that is going to take away from a little bit of family time. Right. It happens. But then once that's once you're done with that and that's running, you, you go back. Focus. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's and that's just how it is, yeah. you know, and you have to have an end time. Like I'm, I'm actually guilty of that. And I've been, you know, getting on myself. It's just like, you know what, this time at night is my cutoff time. Mm-hmm. I need to recharge, regroup and get to sleep, you know, so that I can get up and, you know, in the morning and do what I need to do. So I think definitely setting boundaries for yourself or else, you know, you, you'll find yourself safe. Burned. Yes, yes, yes. Balance is not time equity. And I, a few podcasts ago, we spoke about exactly what you said. There are times where you have to focus on a project, a deadline, and you have to work towards that. And when that's done, you focus on the other things that you've neglected during that time. So I completely get it. So let's talk about your favorite tech tools or apps that you can't do without as you balance being an entrepreneur and working full time. Oh, I would have to say my all my ultimate favorite right now is Evernote. Whoop whoop! I'm an Evernote. I'm my Evernote. It is like I can put it on my. It's on my phone. It's on my computer. It's everything. It's, on, it's everything because I mean I have stuff in there from Aiden's reading logs mm-hmm. to tasks I need to do. You know mm-hmm. for the next week. I even I even put my blog editorial calendar in there. Like I mean mm-hmm. everything is in there. It's just one of those apps where it's just like, that's the first thing I'm going to if I need to check something, if I need to, you know, go to a grocery list, something, mm-hmm. because the way it's set up, it's just like, it's it's great. It's and great. the beauty of it, the the new work chat feature, was oh, yes, me yeah, and yeah. my virtual assistant, we use that a lot. So I love Evernote. I've been using Evernote since 2011. And it's just been, when I mean that a lot of stuff is in my Evernote, tons of stuff in tons Evernote. Stuff. Yes. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. Uh, So how do you manage distractions? I know there's distractions in terms of technology, there's social media, there's just, there's TV shows, everything is a distraction. So as you manage a full-time job and a full-time business, how do you, what tips do you have in terms of managing distractions? Oh, oh gosh. And I'm such a, I'm such a sucker for distractions because I like welcome them. (laughs) um, At least you're honest. I, (laughs) I mean, it's really, I mean, I've gotten better over the years. You know, I think one time I, I calculated how much time I spent being distracted from stuff, and you know, social media and my phone is—it's um, like it's bad. So I have to actually put that to the side if I'm really trying to focus in on something. But um, you know, it's just like, like, like you know, like I said, like setting a time limit. You know, I know if I'm really working on something, I usually go to the Pomodoro technique, where you work in 20-minute increments with five-minute breaks. Mm-hmm. And it works for some wow. reason. It works for the next. So for twenty minutes, I'm gonna work on this. All right, I'm gonna take another five, five, five minute break. Come back, continue working on it. And I've got. I get so much accomplished using that technique, you know. Mm-hmm. And it and it's a way for me. I know that 
I only have 20 minutes to, to, to work on this segment of, of what I'm working on. So I don't have time for distractions, you know? And, um, you know, and it's just a matter of, you know, letting everyone, I mean, we are, we're a household of five, like our two older um, sons are now off at college, but when they were here, you're like me, <laughs> my, my daughter's 18 off to college and, right. and then my son is four yours. Is, um, my son is three yours is four. Huh? So yeah. yeah, we're, we're, we're like this huge gap. Yes. Yes. And you know, and when, and believe it or not, when the, when the older boys were living with us, you, I mean, people don't realize, oh, they're teenagers. They don't need a whole lot of, um, you know, no, they need a lot. Um, they need they a whole lot. Actually needed more than yes. the younger one, you know? Yes. And it's just because the whole preparation for college, getting them ready for life and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of, you know what, can you guys, when they were here, it's like, matter, can you guys watch Aiden for the next hour while I work on this? Okay. You know? So, you know, I think when you include everyone in your family and they're on board with what you're doing, right. you know, they're more respectful of your time. You know, same thing with my husband. He's a photographer. So if I know he has pictures to edit for the next couple hours, I know that's what he's doing. You know, Aiden probably try to play with him or whatever. And I'm like, no, Aiden, daddy's working or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think when you're respectful of each other's time, you know, as a family, it, it, it sort of works itself out. So yeah, I mean, how I manage distractions, you know, it's just Pomodoro type and you know and just asking for help asking for help because you can't do it yourself you know right. you need help that technique will probably work for me and you know as you know Michaela and I we tend to have this perfectionist thing so that 20 minutes is like yo 20 minutes and done <laughs> good yes get yeah. it get it done it's not perfect yes good enough on. is better than not yeah. done 20 mm-hmm. minutes so i think that technique would work for us so do you set a timer how do you, you i have a timer mm-hmm. uh, you can put one on your computer i have one on my computer because i put it on my phone i'm gonna have a tendency to check social media or whatever mm-hmm. so i put it on my computer set you know you can download it actually they have a pomodoro timer or you can just get a regular kitchen timer 20 mm-hmm. minutes work you know and, you know, and you, and you actually accomplish a lot, you know, especially, you know what it's good for when you need to write blog posts, right? Because you know? if you're like me, you're like, oh, you know, you sometimes you just dread it, you know, you love doing it, but you just like the idea of you have to be in the right, fr- right frame of mind. Uh, it's true. Pomodoro technique. I can, you know, it, it makes it a lot easier for me to do my blog. Yeah. It's deadlines that yeah. allows me to do the blog faster. And I like the blog more than doing a podcast. So. <laughs> Really? You're so good at the podcast. No, actually, no. I'm sorry. I said that the reverse. I like okay. the podcast more Versus than doing the, the blog. blog. Yeah. Wait, I'm, I'm telling you, distractions are galore. Um, but, I, but I get it. It's it's very hard because you have to get into a writing space. I, I journal a lot and you have to get into a space to write be, mm-hmm. to invite, you know, that thoughts or yeah. the, the creativity that you need to get it out. Yeah. So I get it. I'm going to try this technique. Um, I've been trying the work for 90 minutes and take a break. I'm, I'm going to see what it's like to cut that back a little bit. And, you know, you can alter it, too. You know, yeah. if you're I've, I've done 40 minutes and a break and a 10 minute break mm-hmm. um 90 minutes you know sometimes i think i may have adult add because <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just there's too many distractions but i have done i have done 40 minutes because sometimes 20 minutes you think is oh, that's a little too short i need to keep working right and i'll and i'll and 20 minutes of time will go off and i was like you know what i can go another 20 minutes and then take a 10 minute break right you know? 
So. I, I like that. I like the shorter aspect. I, I do get it. It's it's not so much adult ADD. We have way more distractions or way Wait. more things coming at us than we we had like 10 years ago. So it's very hard. Um, one of my favorite books is um, How the World Sees You. And somewhere in the oh. book, they got some research that, you know, the average person has three seconds mm. of attention, like for you to grab their attention. Otherwise they're off to something, off to something else. else. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool. All right. So as we wrap up, I, I just want to ask you a few fun questions. Sure. Um, what's your favorite book? Oh. <laughs> pick one. I don't have one. Yeah. Just pick one. Whatever comes to you. I would have to say the alchemist. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Virtual high five. Yeah. I, I mean, I love, and I can't wait for the movie to come out, by the way. Yeah. I actually have a quote from the alchemist right over my bed. So uh, that it's a daily me. reminder. Tell me. Um, what is, it's the, um, about the universe conspiring to. Yes. Yes. That's, All the com- universe conspires yes. to, to help you achieve your goal. <laughs> I don't know why Michaela hasn't read it yet, but I tell you that book, when I read it, I was like, yes, I know. And another time I might talk about how the universe has conspired to help me achieve this goal with the podcast and the direction. But yes, it's such a, such an amazing book, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's so, you know what, my, one of my, one of the twins, older boys, um, before he went off to college, he was like ramsacking, he's looking, he's like, Camilla, I know you had the alchemist somewhere in here. I'm their stepmom. So they call me Camilla. So I was like, yeah, it's in there. It's somewhere. Like, I mean, he's like, he was so excited to read the book. He was like looking for it. I, I've never seen him look for a book like mm-hmm. that to read. So you know, it goes to show that it's a book that, you know, anyone can read, you know, right. it's, 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 it's a very, it's a must read for anyone. Right. Right. Anyone. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So what superpower do you wish you had and why? Well, hmm. I wish there was a two of me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I kind of wish there was two of me at times, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of do the things, two of me in a sense to kind of do the things that I really hate to do, but have to, you know, like laundry, mm-hmm. cleaning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I wish I had someone to take care of all of that stuff, right. you know, so I can just do the stuff I really want to do. I agree. I, I, I see it. It's funny. I ask almost every person on the show that question and almost every superpower they want to have I'm like yeah mm -hmm, I think so so at the end I want to have all those superpowers (laughs) all right so as we wrap up I'm so excited and I'm so happy that you came on because we talked about a lot of things that you know I would I feel would be helpful to entrepreneurs and people considering it you know just the timing method because distractions are real and we need to figure out ways to cope with that buyer personas we talked about all of that so you've just given so much information so what are you most excited about what are you looking forward to what's next for you and the pink locket Uh, you know i the biggest goal is actually to make a full transition you know um i like i said i'm blessed i like my nine to five you know it's great Mm -hmm. i learn so much but at some point in time, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to pick one, you know. And I think for us who actually still, you know, toggle between the two, it's like sort of like, you know, our day job is sort of our safety net, you know. Right. So we kind of, you know, at some point, if you really want to, at some point, there's going to have to, I'm going to come to a, I'm going to have to come to a decision where, okay, at what point do I actually you know, decide what it is I'm going to do. You know, I I read somewhere that um, if you want to invite people into your business to work for you, people don't necessarily want to work for someone who's doing, you know, 
a part-time job. You right. know what I mean? So it's at some point in time, I'm going to have to make a decision. I don't know when, <laughs> but you know, I think, I, I think that's in order for it to grow in the direction that I need, I have to focus attention on it. So I think I, I would say that's probably the next biggest goal. I don't know when it'll be achieved, but <laughs> you know, um, I guess that's left up to planning. So, well, and that would be a perfect time to have you back on the show. So we could talk about the transition and what advice that you have for people as they go through that transition. So sure. coming back, yes, you're going to tell us how you transitioned from the two to full time, time. in yeah. the pink locket and just the lessons you've learned from that process that you can impart. So we don't make those same mistakes. You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. So yeah, definitely. This was such a great, great interview. I'm so excited for you. Um, I oh, can't thanks. wait till the interview is done. So I could tell you all about my jewelry taste. Aww. So you can tell me <laughs> what I can pick because I've, I've seen your pieces. I love your pieces and we're including that in the show notes. So oh, great. Camilla, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it was so me. great. And um, thanks for being on the show. And we look forward to when you come back to, on the show and tell us about how you transitioned to being the creative designer or the, the head designer at the Pink Locket. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay, friends, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Carry On Friends podcast. For a recap of this episode and other great articles, please visit the blog at www.carryonfriends.com. That's C-A-R-R-Y-O-N-F-R-I-E-N-D-S dot com. You've been listening to Carry On Friends, a show about the Caribbean American experience produced by Breadfruit Media. We post a new episode every two weeks on Tuesday. And if you're looking to learn more, buy our merch, or sign up for a newsletter, check out carryonfriends.com. Or find us on all social media platforms at Carry On Friends.